Hello and welcome to the February 20th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody here with me for a second day in a row. And, of course, it is always wonderful to be out there with you as well. I think it's important that I start this podcast episode by telling everybody that I followed through on my plans to see my doctor. I actually just walked out of her office, and uh, I'll update you on that in one second, but just so you're aware, I am actually sitting in the parking lot right now, and I thought it was very important uh, that I reached out to you guys and let you know, again, that I did follow through. We made some changes based on the way that I've been feeling, Um, and I guess I figure I'll start by telling you a little bit about that, although you got a good dose of it yesterday in terms of what I've been going through. I don't want to say things have gotten worse but things have certainly not gotten better by any stretch of the imagination. So, Mr. Joe was in bed by 8 p.m. last night, and he did not awaken until after 7 o'clock this morning. So, that is not a typical night's sleep for Mr. Joe. I mean, do the math, everybody. 8 to 8 would be 12 hours, so figure 11 hours of sleep. That's It just doesn't happen with Mr. Joe like that. I did wake up a few times to uh, use the restroom. However, I was like a walking zombie. Whereas usually when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and I go to the bathroom. And not that it takes me a while to get back to sleep ever, but I'm usually more, I guess the word would be focused even though no one needs to be focused at 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m., I just, I'm, I'm totally, like, awake while I'm using the bathroom, whereas last night, it was a journey to get from my bedroom to the bathroom because I was so exhausted and so tired. And it is no doubt that the sleep that I embarked on last night was a result of clinical depression. Mr. Joe woke up this morning feeling basically just as depressed as I did yesterday. Um, Ironically, now here we are, about 3 o'clock Mr. Joe's time, and um, I'm feeling, I guess the word is hypomanic. It's almost like the depression disappeared completely. So, as always, Mr. Joe was up and down and up and down and cycling, and most importantly, I shared all of this with my doctor. And, And I say that because I was about to walk into there and let her know that I was feeling fine based on the way that I feel right now because the God's honest truth is I feel fine at the moment. But I was honest with her and we both agreed that the situation that I'm in in terms of having a new child, the work that I do currently um, in terms of my stress level, this is all situational and it's not helping but there is definitely a clinical component going on here. She doesn't like that I slept that much. She doesn't like that I've been hearing voices. It really actually upset her today. She was not surprised, though. It was almost like she finished my sentence for me when she had questioned me about some of my symptoms. 
my doctor knows me well enough to know now that um, when things get a little crazy with Mr. Joe, along with that craziness comes the wackadoo voices that invade my head. And I have to tell you, they've been, they've been pretty extensive as of late, trying to, my best to ignore them. Um, he has not been saying very nice things to me. And uh, it's, been, it's been troubling as of late. So what we did was we decided to obviously up my antidepressant and keep a very close eye on it in terms of stability. She was almost, almost inclined to raise my lamictal as well. But as you all know, that would be over the therapeutic level. And while she doesn't necessarily go by those things because everybody is different, I simply was not comfortable going that high in Lamictal, but we will play it by ear. That's what we will do. I will keep her posted. I will let her know how I'm feeling. You know, the last time around when I tried to um, raise my Wellbutrin, it was not very effective. As a matter of fact, it it was um, horrible, horrible. I was unfocused. I was dizzy. I was um, anxious. Everything that you could imagine, every side effect that you could ever attribute to an antidepressant basically invaded my body and brain. Uh, did I give it long enough? No, absolutely not. Not at the time. So here we are again, and I anticipate that probably the same things are going to happen again. And if they do, I'm going to ride it out and see if this helps me because there's something that has to be done. I cannot live with this depression anymore. And those of you who have bipolar disorder know exactly what I'm going through. Uh, people ask me all the time, what's worse, the mania or the depression? And I, I mean, I can sit here now and say the depression, but the truth of the matter is when the mania hits in terms of its irritability and anger and all those stages that Mr. Joe gets to, those are pretty unbearable as well. If you want to talk to me about depression and hypomania, that's a whole different ballgame. I'll take hypomania any day of the week. But the depression is just something that Mr. Joe does not do a very good job at dealing with. So we need to address this, and we've done so today. My medication should be ready by the time I'm done with this podcast. And I'm on my break, and once I'm done with my break, I'll head back to my place of employment. And uh, I will go on about my day, and um, hopefully, again, this will help me. Now, one of the things that my doctor and I more or less confirmed today is based on the mania and the psychosis and the delusions and uh, the depressive episodes and the mood swings and all of those things, it is without a doubt that I have obtained, achieved... um, whatever word you want to use there, the official diagnosis of bipolar schizoaffective disorder. So uh, many of you will know that as schizoaffective bipolar type. Unfortunately for Mr. Joe, you want to add in a few extras into that, the ultra-rapid cycling and the mixed episodes. It makes for a very screwed-up individual, somebody who has every right to have had a screwed-up life and to have done some pretty horrible things throughout his lifetime. Like my doctor just said, though, I was ready. Uh, She's never seen a patient more ready than me to get myself well. And based on the fact that I am able to podcast still and, um, you know, reach out to my audience and be productive for the most part at work, 
I was ready. I was ready to stop doing drugs at the time. I was ready to get back on medication, and I was ready to live a semi-normal life, and I'm very proud of that. And that doesn't take away from the fact that I have an official diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder bipolar type. So one of the things that I've never done on my podcast is I've never really educated our audience on what schizoaffective disorder is. I've done multiple podcasts. I've gone through the DSM-5. We've talked about bipolar disorder specifically. We've talked about substance abuse, depression, anxiety, so many different disorders. And here we are. The one thing that Mr. Joe has been done, several things, but the one main thing that Mr. Joe has been diagnosed with, I would imagine there are some of you also out there that are also carrying around this diagnosis. So... I think it's important that I address you, even if you are that 0.3% of the population, just specifically in the United States. I'm not addressing the other parts of the world right now, not because I don't want to, but simply because I don't know the statistics of that. I know the schizoaffective statistics based on the fact that I am possibly from the USA, let's put it that way. Um, so I can tell you right now that schizoaffective disorder affects 0.3% of people in the United States. And although it technically affects men and women equally, men oftentimes will develop that schizoaffective disorder earlier in life, while we oftentimes see a lot more women diagnosed with schizoaffective depressive disorder. So in other words, that's not the mood swings like bipolar. You're schizoaffective with the depressive symptoms. Now, what is schizoaffective disorder? I mean, it's pretty rare. I will tell you that, obviously, based on the United States statistics that I just gave you. It's a rare type of mental illness. And to give it an official definition, or a Mr. Joe definition, I would tell you that Bipolar schizoaffective disorder is a mental illness that produces symptoms of both schizophrenia and symptoms of a mood disorder such as bipolar disorder. And when you're a schizoaffective bipolar type, that will include the mania and the depression and the ups and the downs, whereas if you are bipolar, I'm sorry, schizoaffective disorder, depressive type, you will not have any manic symptoms. You will simply suffer from the depression and the um, psychosis or the other things that we'll get into in a minute. So the two types of schizoaffective disorder are bipolar and depressive. And Mr. Joe happens to have the bipolar type, and I will mostly address that for the most part in this podcast Again, when you have the bipolar type, that is when the episodes of mania are going to happen. And obviously, during our manic episodes, that's when we might alternate between feeling really, really excited and happy and productive. And then all of a sudden, we'll go into what I refer to as that extremely irritable state of mind. And a lot of times, believe it or not, with, with schizoaffective bipolar disorder, because the mania can be so intrusive and so dynamic in nature, some people either don't even recognize that they might be dealing with some minor depressive episodes, 
or they might not even experience depressive episodes at all. But because they experience the mania, they are considered to be bipolar, schizoaffective disorder, because of the simple fact that they are not just depressed, but they also have those manic symptom symptoms. Um, and you know, listen. Let's face it, guys. It's not an easy disorder. It's not an easy mental illness by any stretch of the imagination. But with proper treatment, it can definitely be effectively managed. And I am an example of that. So symptoms. What are the symptoms? Well, obviously, the symptoms are going to depend on the mood disorder. I would say that they could be really, really harsh. And they could be somewhat manageable and like anything else, it's always going to depend on the person experiencing them and what that person classifies as their mania and their depression. And everybody feels those things differently, obviously, but again, it really depends on your mood disorder is what it comes down to. But for the most part, the psychiatrists and the psychiatric nurses and the doctors, they will typically categorize these symptoms as either manic or psychotic. And manic symptoms, obviously, are those symptoms that are seen in bipolar disorder. And a person with those manic symptoms, such as myself, may be, I guess you could say, hyperactive, restless, talk very fast, which I feel like I'm doing right now. And, unfortunately, sleep very little, which is the complete opposite of what Mr. Joe has been feeling like. Although, if anything, I have stepped back into hypomania based on my rapid cycling. Now, something else that has oftentimes been confusing to people is doctors may oftentimes refer to symptoms as positive or negative And that really doesn't mean good or bad. I want everybody to understand that. That's not the definition of negative and positive symptoms. Um, I'll give you an example. Psychotic symptoms, which are symptoms of schizophrenia. Those can be considered to be positive symptoms because if you think of the word positive, you're adding. You're adding to something that you already feel. And those symptoms especially with with Mr. Joe and those that are dealing with that schizophrenic part of the schizoaffective disorder, you're going to have positive symptoms, added symptoms such as hallucinations. I guess you could say some disorganized behavior, some disorganized speech kind of all over the place, not really able to keep up with your brain, Um, very confused to some extent, and of course some delusions. And the negative symptoms in comparison to the positive ones are the ones that seem to be missing. Negative symptoms occur when something seems to be missing. And I'll give you an example, such as the ability to be happy or experience pleasure or the ability to think clearly, or to even concentrate on certain things. When you have negative symptoms, unfortunately, those things that we're supposed to have as human beings, experiencing pleasure and happiness and thinking clearly and concise and being able to concentrate on things, unfortunately, those things start to be missing, which makes them 
negative in a sense. And I guess, you know, that's what makes it so simple to diagnose, diagnose Mr. Joe because all of those things play a large part in what I feel on a daily basis. Now, how did I get this? I have no idea. It's really not clear to anybody why we get schizoaffective disorder. I mean, I'll tell you this, it's definitely hereditary to some extent, so genetics will definitely play a role. But just to keep everybody at ease, for those of you who do have family members who are not suffering from a mental illness right now, who might simply be listening to Mr. Joe because you have a loved one, understand that you are not a guarantee to develop a mental illness or schizoaffective disorder for that matter if a family member has it. But like we spoke spoke about yesterday in terms of that those increased risks or the risk factors if you have a family member who has schizoaffective disorder you are at an increased risk of having it. But again it doesn't mean that you're going to get it. Now something else that is interesting that I've never mentioned before that actually may cause schizoaffective disorder would be um, birth complications or certain toxins that you might have been exposed to before birth that might contribute to the development of the schizoaffective disorder. And ultimately, people may also experience or develop schizoaffective disorder because of certain chemical changes within their brain. Again, I'm not a doctor, and I don't know if there's any real solid statistics to back this up. But from what I've read about my disorder in the past, because believe me, I've done a lot of reading about schizoaffective disorder, I do know that birth complications or exposure to certain toxins or certain viruses before you're actually born can actually contribute to the overall development of having schizoaffective disorder. And it's not an easy diagnosis. It's not an easy thing to diagnose. It took my doctor, all my doctors, quite some time because it has many, many of the same symptoms as other conditions. And they can appear at different times and they can appear in different combinations. So what does our doctor look for when he's diagnosing or he or she is diagnosing bipolar type schizoaffective disorder, well, they're going to look for those major heavy-duty manic symptoms that occur alongside of the psychotic symptoms. They're going to look for those psychotic symptoms to last at least two weeks long, even if your moods seem to be under control. So you're not up, you're not down, but you're still experiencing those psychotic symptoms. Got to do so for at least two weeks, everybody. And obviously, your doctors are going to look for some kind of a mood disorder that's present for the duration or the course of the illness. So mania, psychotic symptoms, lasting two weeks, even when you're not having hypomanic or depressive episodes. And obviously, they're going to look for a mood disorder that is present throughout the course of your schizoaffective disorder or what you perceive to be schizoaffective disorder. Now, are there blood tests? No. They can't help. There's no lab testing. Um, Listen, 
in terms of testing for blood and things of that nature. I mean, it would not be uncommon to do like a urine analysis or a blood test so that they could rule out other things that might be going on that, believe it or not, can cause the same symptoms. I mean, guys, we don't have to be complete, utter wackadoos to experience things like psychosis and delusions. I mean, believe it or not, unfortunately, those of you who might suffer with things like seizures or epilepsy or are currently abusing drugs right now, I mean, they will oftentimes mimic some of these symptoms. So, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon for a doctor to put somebody through a rigorous blood test to see exactly what they're on. Are they doing drugs? And if they're not, then they can make a final determination based on the fact that they are having manic symptoms and psychotic symptoms and they're not happening because they're not engaging in drug use. So, um, just important to keep in mind, I guess. So like I said, we're going to up my Wellbutrin and truth be told, I, I would think that the vast majority of, uh, majority of us with schizoaffective disorder do respond relatively well to medications when we find the right ones, but I would imagine that psychotherapy would be very helpful also. So, I'm gonna, you're going to hear a piece of paper right now. Hear that? What Mr. Joe has in his hands is a list of psychotherapists, or what you could call psychologists. Let's see, we got Livia, Gail, and Lisa. I'm going to reach out to all of them because I really do think that it's time for Mr. Joe to start speaking to somebody on a weekly basis at least because I do believe that psychotherapy is a large part of what we need to get better and I utilize my podcast with my family to, I guess, take the place of that psychotherapy and I honestly just don't think it's enough anymore. So it's very important that I... Um, think step back into that therapy world so to speak now obviously there are different types of medications that we all should be on when it comes to bipolar to stabilize those ups and downs relieve the psychotic symptoms that we might be having and what better way to do that than to uh, utilize antipsychotics which for the most part those antipsychotics are going to control those schizophrenia like symptoms and It'll help out with the hallucinations, the delusions, and, um, you know, hopefully, at least if you find the right combination of medications, specifically starting with the antipsychotic, that will minimize those schizophrenic-like symptoms. For Mr. Joe, it's always been Seroquel. That has always been the one that I've been on, and um, as I've reported in the past, I felt that the Seroquel was making me a little bit too depressed which is probably an indication that it was working in terms of the psychotic symptoms. And I might have been better off staying on that and just upping my Wellbutrin to begin with. So it's something that I have to definitely look into. Do I want to start that? Do I want to possibly think about another antipsychotic? Well, we'll start one step at a time. Um, there is, believe it or not, I think there is a... Um, an FDA-approved medicine for schizoaffective disorder, but I'm not sure. 
I, I think off the top of my head, it might be something called Invega. I don't, I, I, I don't know exactly anything about it. I just believe in there is one FDA-approved medication, but please do not quote me on this. I'm not a doctor. I've said that a million times. I think there is one, though, that's called Invega that is FDA-approved. But again, look it up before trusting Mr. Joe's wackadoo memory, okay? It's very important. You know, people will take Risperdal, um, Zyprexa, uh, things like that, you know, antipsychotics like that to help them. And obviously, you got to get on a mood stabilizer. Believe it or not, lithium has shown to, been, to be very effective with schizoaffective disorder, levels out those highs and lows. And for Mr. Joe, obviously, it's, um, it's the Lamictal. Now, in terms of other medications, I mean... You know, you have to play it by ear, essentially, is what it comes down to. You, you need to be perked up a little bit like Mr. Joe and, you know, get on an antidepressant. I mean, that all depends on what you're actually dealing with. And I never in my lifetime thought that I would have to attend to depression like this because I was always such a manic person. But clearly, um, clearly, you know, the depression has taken over to some extent. And like I said... Another important part of all this for Mr. Joe is going to be talk therapy. really is. It's going to help me hopefully manage not only my life, so to speak, but some of my internalized thoughts. Hopefully help me solve some of my problems or my anxieties. Maybe learn some new coping skills. I mean, that's really all that I could, um, you know, all I could really assume that's going to happen and you know sometimes guys it's just it's just really good to be able to talk to somebody now uh, and and mr joe gets to do that obviously to you but i think i'm at a point in my life where it might be a little bit more i don't want to say helpful more helpful but it might be just as helpful if not just helpful for me to speak to somebody but also get some kind of response not that you guys don't email me and write me all the time and contact me, and I'm grateful for it, but sometimes you just need it right then, there, in the, mo- in the, in the moment, and I think that's what I'm gearing up to do. I mean, listen, schizoaffective is, is not curable, guys. It's, 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 it's the simple truth. But if we utilize our treatments correctly, take our medicine seek some therapy, we are going to be able to effectively manage this condition and have a better quality of life. And obviously, the first thing that you got to do is you got to get help. You know, medication can help, guys, I, I, obviously, but you need constant, overwhelming encouragement and support to function. And whether that be friends or families or doctors or you know, therapist, whatever it might be, is you got to get support. The other thing I ask you to do is not just listen to Mr. Joe. 
Okay, really, and I'm being serious. And what I mean by that is if you are suspecting that you have schizoaffective disorder and you're unsure as to what it is, allow my podcast to just be an introduction to it, okay? What you need to do is you need to, you need to research, okay? You need to, I guess the very first step that you should be taking is learning as much as you possibly can about schizoaffective disorder. It's, it's really important that if you yourself think you have schizoaffective disorder or somebody you care about or love, you got to get the right diagnosis and the right treatment. It's as simple as that. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself like Mr. Joe several years back, up and down, up and down, dealing with horrible side effects from medications that simply weren't necessary because I was not addressing the schizoaffective disorder. Now, in terms of what else you could do, obviously there are a whole bunch of organizations out there that can help you learn. If you're not doing your own research, you know, reach out. I know NAMI is a big one, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, I don't have a phone number for them or anything of that nature, but you could certainly look them up. It's N-A-M-I. There's also something, if I remember correctly, the uh, National Institute of Mental Health. You could certainly look that up. Then there's something called the Mental Health America, or MHA. I believe that's a nonprofit organization, but they got information, guys. They got information and resources. And I know like MAH, which stands for, again, Medical or Mental Health America, Again, look it up. Don't quote Mr. Joe. I think they got places throughout the country. Literally. Throughout your country. So, um, important that you, you know, go go somewhere and get some support, guys. And obviously, one of the most important things that I want you all to keep in the back of your mind is that you are going to come across times in your life where you're going to feel like you're in complete crisis. And possibly even at risk of harming yourself like Mr. Joe used to do or even hurting others or even considering taking your own life, which is scary as hell. And if that's the case, you better go on the phone, call the the suicide prevention line, start with that. You know, I've, listen, Mr. Joe did it. I can't even count the number of times that Mr. Joe has been on the phone with a suicide hotline. And I got to tell you, it actually would help. Sometimes it would make me cry a little bit more than I was already crying because the person on the other end was so kind and thoughtful and generous and uh, just easy to talk with and would listen that it would actually make me sad that somebody would allow me to reach out to them in the way that I was and would be so patient with me. Um, So... You know, and, and, and having that immediate feedback is, you know, oftentimes really good. I mean, listen, psycho- antipsychotics will generally work pretty quickly, but the drugs that you're going to utilize for the moods, such as mood stabilizers and antidepressants, things of that nature, guys, they could take a long time, several, several weeks, close to a month, before producing any kind of visible results at all. And that's why I ask that while you're waiting to get quote-unquote better or to seek the help of 
a psychotherapist or a psychologist or something along those lines, that in-between period, so to speak, you know, have all of these resources at your beck and call, specifically the suicide hotline. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Um, and and I, that's about it. I mean, I know I've offered a little bit more help and advice, I think, than actually describing the symptoms of schizoaffective disorder. But ultimately, I think we did a pretty good job today, guys. We really did. I mean, that's essentially what it is. And if you are experiencing any of those things, you know, the psychosis, remember, guys, the most important thing to think about when it comes to your hallucinations and your delusions and things of that nature, if you are experiencing them, Make sure that you're experiencing them for at least two weeks when you are not in any kind of a mood up or down period. Because if you are, then unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which word is better to use, but a lot of times what we will do is attribute that psychosic, psychosis to being manic or depressed, which is why for a schizoaffective type of diagnosis, we ask that you are completely free and clear of any types of mood instabilities, yet you're still experiencing those schizophrenic type of symptoms. All right, so that is Mr. Joe's lesson for today, so to speak, and uh, I'm glad that we got to do two days in a row, of course. As always, if you have any questions at all, any questions about today's podcast, um, Give me a shout out at Mr. Joe BP at yahoo.com. Obviously, you could reach out at Mr. Bipolar Joe on Twitter. And I think what we're going to do, guys, possibly even next time around, is we are going to answer some questions from our um, audience because I got quite a few that I like to attend to. So for now, everybody have a great day. And I ask that those of you who are living with a mental illness, if you're doing well, continue to work hard. For those of you who love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, please continue to put, support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.